Good afternoon. The entire Northeast is under sunny skies at 3 o'clock on this Wednesday, February the 17th. I'm Bob Welch, and this is my world. In the headlines, get your big jab at the Big O. Montreal's Olympic Stadium outfitted as a mass vaccination clinic in the coming weeks. How about an early warning system for the next viral outbreak? A Harvard epidemiologist is on that. Live in one of the Boston area's South Shore communities between the Hub and Cape Cod and are wondering where your Amazon package went to? Maybe it was abandoned on the side of a hill. We'll explain. In the weather tonight, partly cloudy early with increasing clouds overnight. We'll get to zero for the overnight low. Tomorrow is mostly cloudy and 28 degrees. Saturday, overcast, a few flurries or snow showers possible with a high of 27. Uh, Northwest wind at 5 to 10 miles an hour around the region. Ogdensburg is checking in at 19. Montreal, 16. New York City, 32. Up the Harlem line out of Grand Central Terminal on the Metro North. You'll get off in Brewster, and if you do... It'll be 30 there. On Cape Cod, Chatham is checking in with 30. Hartford, Connecticut, 34. Bangor, 25. Worcester, 34. Boston, 28. Here in St. Johnsbury, it is 21 degrees. We're going down to an overnight low of zero tonight. This is Bob's World. Adopt U.S. Kids events. What to expect when you're expecting a teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym stands for greatest of all time as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner they're my fave dad you're the goat you don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same visit adoptuskids.org brought to you by the u.s department of health and human services adopt u.s kids and the ad council i'm probably okay to have one more drink before i drive home Probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Montreal's Olympic Stadium will be outfitted as a max vaccination clinic in the coming weeks. The Integrated University Health and Social Services Centers of Montreal's East End has announced the stadium's atrium will be repurposed to offer vaccinations to the public. President and CEO Sylvain Lemieux tells CTV Montreal Channel 12, quote, I encourage all citizens of Eastern Montreal to get vaccinated as soon as their term comes. The facility will be open for all, not just residents of eastern Montreal. Lemieux says the clinic will need to hire several hundred vaccinators to take on what he says is one of the biggest vaccination campaigns we will ever see. A spokesperson from the Integrated University Health and Social Services Organization told CTV News Public Health is looking into the possibility of outfitting other buildings in the area to become vaccination clinics. The province of Quebec has already provided doses to tens of thousands of health care workers and long-term care home residents. The stadium will eventually be able to vaccinate members of the general population in the following order of priority. Those people aged 80 and over, then people aged 70 to 79, after that 60 to 69, and after that 
Adults under the age of 60 who have a chronic illness or health problem that increases the risk of complications from COVID. And then after that, adults under 60 without chronic diseases or health problems increasing the risk of complications, but who provide essential services and who are in contact with certain vulnerable populations, such as a family member in a long-term retirement facility. Then the rest of the adult population. People can apply to work at the clinic if you're up that way and listening to us t- today. Uh, the website is jevaccinedanslest.ca, spelled out just like that, en français. Another organization is coming forward to provide financial assistance to a beloved Connecticut summer camp following a devastating fire. Today, Newman's own foundation announced it had committed a million dollars to the rebuilding of the Hole in the Wall gang camp in Ashford, Connecticut. TV station WFSB Hartford reports a fire ripped through several buildings at the camp on Friday. The camp was, by the way, founded by actor Paul Newman in 1988. This announcement comes after the Travelers and the Travelers Championship announced on Monday a joint commitment to match up to a million dollars in donations to the camp. Newman's own foundation has asked that the Travelers and Travelers Championship Challenge match not apply to the gift being announced so that the matching funds remain available to inspire further donations. The cause of the fire remains under investigation. It's 3.06 on Bob's World. The season of Lent begins today for Christians around the world. Ash Wednesday, a day of repentance for Christians, is typically marked with ashes in the sign of a cross on the forehead. This year, the pandemic is changing how that will work. The Vatican's guidance for Ash Wednesday during a pandemic virtually aligns with what the Vatican and many European countries always do, sprinkling the ashes on the forehead instead of making the sign of the cross with them on the forehead. This year, the priest will say the prayer he usually says to each person at the altar first, then will wear a mask when administering them in silence to a parishioner also wearing a mask. Some parishioners at St. Joseph's Church in Fall River Mass told WPRI-TV they enjoyed this change in times because they know their relation with Jesus is most important and that they don't need the cross on their forehead to signify that. Father Jay Mello agreed, telling WPRI, he said while he was living in Rome, that's what they always did there. At an Episcopal church in Barrington, Rhode Island, the reverend has instead prepackaged business cards with crosses made of ashes on the back as a way of giving them out without much contact. In Lincoln, Rhode Island, there was a drive through Ash Wednesday service this morning outside the Chapel Street Congregational Church. Another option for those trying to stay safe while marking the Holy Day. It's 308. This is Bob's World. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council.
Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Within the borders of Fort Fairfield in Maine's Arista County, gun owners follow only one gun law, the Second Amendment. Town Councilor Bob Gilcollin said Monday, after concerns about proposed gun law changes and restrictions, Councilor Gilcollins drafted a resolution declaring the town a Second Amendment sanctuary. And in a unanimous decision, the town council voted on January 20 in favor of the move, making it among the first in Maine. Kill Collins, who also owns Bob's Sports Shop in town, tells the Bangor Daily News, Right now, as we speak, Fort Fairfield is a Second Amendment sanctuary. When you look at the future, I wrote up the resolution, protecting what we already have, it's preserving our Second Amendment rights. The Second Amendment, ratified in 1791, protects a person's right to keep and bear arms. While not overly concerned about Maine's existing gun laws, Kilcollins points to a federal bill, H.R. 127, the Firearm Licensing and Registration Act introduced in January by Democratic U.S. Rep. Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas. Jackson Lee's new bill, if passed, would prohibit some ammunition and establish a firearm registration system, a database of gun owners, as well as strict licensing requirements. The only other Second Amendment sanctuary town in Maine to date is Paris in Oxford County. Modeled after immigration sanctuary cities, Second Amendment sanctuaries are popping up around the country with more than 1,200 jurisdictions in 37 states, according to U.S. Law Shield. That's a self-defense member organization. In states like North Carolina, nearly two-thirds of the jurisdictions are Second Amendment sanctuaries. Still, Jeff Bickford, executive director of the Maine Gun Safety Coalition, says he's not quite sure what they are seeking sanctuary from because Maine already has very few gun laws. Bickford said that if someone is breaking state or federal gun laws, police will enforce the law. Conversely, Kilcollins says that because law enforcement officials take an oath to uphold the Constitution, they will support the safe haven. Since Fort Fairfield passed its resolution, Several surrounding towns, including Limestone and Caribou, have asked Kilcollins for a copy of the resolution. Back in the summer, Dr. Michael Mina made a deal with a cold storage company. With many of its restaurant clients closed, the firm had freezers to spare, and Dr. Mina, an epidemiologist at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, had a half a million vials of plasma from human blood coming to his lab from across the country, samples dating back to the carefree days of January 2020. The vials, now in three hulking freezers outside Dr. Mina's lab, are at the center of a pilot project for what he and his collaborators call the Global Immuno... The Global... We'll try... We'll get this. We'll get this. The Global Immunological Observatory. They envision an immense surveillance system that can check blood from all over the world for the presence of antibodies to hundreds of viruses at once. That way, when the next pandemic washes over us, scientists will have detailed, real-time information 
on how many people have been infected by the virus and how their bodies responded. It might even offer some early notice, like a tornado warning, although this monitoring system will not be able to detect new viruses or variants directly. It could show when large numbers of people start acquiring immunity to a particular kind of virus. The New York Times story that was filed Monday, of course, goes into great detail, but the human immune system keeps a record of pathogens it has met before in the form of antibodies that fight against them and then stick around for life. By testing for these antibodies, scientists can get a snapshot of which flu viruses you have had, what that rhinovirus was that breezed through you last fall, even whether you had a respiratory virus as a child. Even if an infection never made you sick, it would still be picked up by this diagnostic method called serological testing. Now to Massachusetts, specifically Plimpton, Plymouth County. Town police officer John Simon received an unusual call this morning. Dozens of Amazon boxes had been discovered laying down a hill on Brook Street. Officer Simon told the Boston Globe a motorist reported seeing the boxes, after which he received a call from dispatch. Simon said he was surprised to see many of the boxes remained untouched while others were opened. Along with a fellow officer, he gathered the 22 to 25 boxes and returned them to the police station. Plimpton police reported the lost boxes to Amazon. They had no information on their system regarding the disappearance. A representative for Amazon uh, headed to Plimpton to conduct their own investigation and inventory into the boxes. Simon said Plimpton police are analyzing the already open boxes and thus far all the items have been regular, random stuff like toys and household items. He said the abnormality of the discovered boxes to be expected. Nothing is ever normal with this job, he told the Boston Globe. Simon said Plimpton police are unsure how the boxes ended up on Brook Street. He said typically when boxes are stolen, there is evidence of the theft, leading him to believe the weather played a part in the loss. This is Bob's World. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. We all make choices about alcohol. Kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Ann, remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations, and they want honest answers in everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
Good afternoon on this Wednesday, February the 17th. You're tuned to Bob's World wherever you are. Day 48 of 2021 with 317 days left in the year. Birthdays, actor-comedian Barry Humphreys, otherwise known as Dame Edna, is 87. Football Hall of Famer Jim Brown is 85. Actor Rene Russo is 67. A basketball Hall of Famer Michael Jordan is 58. And then uh, actor-comedian Larry the Cable Guy is 58 years old today. That's Larry the Cable Guy. TV personality Renee Seiler is 58. Rock musician Timothy J. Mahoney of the rock band 311 is 51. Olympic gold and silver medal skier Tommy Moe is 51 as well. Rock singer, musician Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day is 49. Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters is 49. Paris Hilton checks in at 40 today. And singer-songwriter Ed Sheeran is 30. This day in history, in 1801, the U.S. House of Representatives broke an electoral tie between Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr, electing Jefferson president. Burr became vice president. 1815, the U.S. and Britain exchanged the instruments of ratification for the Treaty of Ghent. That ended the War of 1812. 1863, the International Red Cross was founded in Geneva. 1864, during the Civil War, the Union ship USS Housatonic was rammed and sunk in Charleston Harbor, South Carolina, by the Confederate hand-cranked submarine H.L. Hunley in the first naval attack of its kind. The Hunley also sank. 1897, the forerunner of the National PTA, the National Congress of Mothers, convened its first meeting in Washington. During World War II in 1944, U.S. And US forces on this date uh, invaded uh, Enwetak Atoll, encountering little initial resistance from the Imperial Japanese troops. The Americans secured the Atoll less than a week later. 1964, U.S. Supreme Court in uh, Westbury versus Sanders ruled that congressional districts within each state had to be roughly equal in population. 1972, President Richard Nixon departed the White House with his wife, Pat, on a historic trip to China. In 88, Lieutenant Colonel William Higgins, a Marine Corps officer serving with the United Nations Truce Monitoring Corps, was uh, kidnapped in southern Lebanon by... Iranian-backed terrorists, he was later killed by his captors. 1996, world chess champion Garry Kasparov beat IBM's supercomputer Deep Blue, winning a six-game match in Philadelphia. However, Kasparov lost to Deep Blue in a rematch a year later. 2006, Tanya Frieden uh, of Sweden, of, uh, <laughs> t- Let's check this. Uh, 2006, Tanya Frieden of Switzerland won the Olympic women's snowboard cross, speeding past American Lindsay Jacobolis, who'd fallen on her uh, next to, to last jump before the finish line. 2011, a group of uh, Democratic Wisconsin lawmakers blocked passage of a sweeping anti-union bill, refusing to show up for a vote, then abruptly leaving the state in an effort to force Republicans to the negotiating table. Iowa high school wrestler Joel Northrup defaulted on his first-round state tournament match rather than face Casey Hergelman.
one of the first girls ever to qualify for the event, saying that wrestling a girl would conflict with his religious beliefs. 2015, Vice President Joe Biden opened a White House summit on countering extremism and radicalization, saying the United States needed to ensure that immigrants were fully included in the fabric of American society to prevent violent ideologies from taking root at home. And last year, my, how a year it has been, 2020, and into 2021 even. Uh, but uh, on this date last year, more than 300 American cruise ship passengers, including 14 who tested positive for COVID, were quarantined at military bases in California and Texas after arriving from Japan on charter flights. Something for last, officials in a New Zealand city are attempting to find the owner of an exotic bird after a peacock was found taking a stroll down a suburban street. The Wellington City Council said uh, officials were alerted to a loose peacock in the Newlands area when onlookers snapped photos of the colorful wanderer and posted them to social media. The peacock, species of bird native to India, Southeast Asia, and Central Africa, was rounded up by authorities and taken to the Moa Point Animal Welfare Center. Officials say the peacock is friendly with humans and appears to be an escaped pet. They are now appealing for the animal's owner to come forward. Who knows where you are in the world? If it's your peacock or, or you know who it might belong to, give the police a jingle. Their telephone number is on 04, that's how they say telephone numbers in Britain and Australia. It's on 04-499-4444. It's the number in Australia. So they can get it back home to roost. That's a quote from the city council's tweet. The, I know, tweet. The, it's a bird. The peacock's owner has seven days to come forward before the bird is rehomed at a shelter for rescued animals. A Florida golfer, as we continue with the animals theme, a Florida golfer ended up finding an exception to the play it as it lies rule when an alligator grabbed his ball in its mouth and swam off. Mark Goldstein said he was playing Monday at the Pelican Sound Golf Club in Estero when an errant shot left his ball rolling toward a pond. Estero, by the way, is just south of Fort Myers, where the Red Sox have their spring training facilities. Uh, Don I-75. Goldstein said he arrived at the pond and ended up getting his phone out to record video when he saw the ball was in the mouth of an alligator. The video shows the alligator holding the ball in its mouth for a few minutes before swimming off with it. And on that note, that is uh, today's edition of Bob's World. Wednesday, February the 17th. If you have a comment on anything you hear, you are welcome to let TalkBack know about it. It's the voicemail system that never stops. 802-467-0212. 802-467-0212. You can follow me and tweet me at Bob Welch, N-E-N-Y on Twitter. I'm Bob Welch. Thanks for listening.